0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Sports Radio Six Ten presents Area Forty Five with Bajani and Creighton.
2: Big team, um, no rhythm out there. There's no flow of offense. It's just it's all set, and, you know it's a big team. It's hard to play against a set off a set defense.
3: Uh, I don't don't know. There's no rhythm.
4: That was Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets after last night's 111-90 final road loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jalen, after a stretch of about six, seven really good games in a row, PC... Finished just 3 of 15 from the floor, 8.7 dimes. And I think all seven of those dimes had come in the first half, if I remember right. Just a forgettable night for him and the Rockets on the road facing a uh, tough T-Wolf squad. There's no doubt about that. But I got to thinking, is there a little drama brewing with the Rockets? Listening to the way Jalen sounded there and what he was talking about, about the flow or lack thereof of the offense, I heard a couple of different things there. One of which sounded like doesn't like the way call calling the game or the game plan. Doesn't like the way Fred's getting guys into the offense, setting things up. And... We know over the course of the last week, Jalen Green's name has been talked about pretty heavily about maybe being the centerpiece of a deal to ramp the Rockets' process of becoming even more competitive up a notch. Then there was the athletic piece last week. And written by Kelly Iko and Shams, really centered that article around Jalen Green. But in that piece... What was that, last Thursday? Wednesday, Thursday, I think it was last week. Sounds about right. In that piece, there was no mention of Jalen Green's name when they'd reported the Rockets had made an offer to the Brooklyn Nets for Mikhail Bridges. All the report had said was the Rockets offered multiple draft picks. Then, about what, 5.30 this evening there was a report from Yahoo Sports' Jake Fisher who said the Rockets were prepared to give up guard Jalen Green in a trade for veteran upgrade, including Mikhail Bridges with the Brooklyn Nets, completely contradicting the Athletic article from last week, which reported nothing of a sort. I wonder if Jalen Green had caught wind and now is voicing displeasure with maybe his coach and his point guard.
0: See, I had heard that the Rockets were offering green and a pair of picks, mm-hmm. pair of firsts, and that those eventually all got confirmed around and stuff. Didn't surprise me because if you're trying to get uh, that kind of an upgrade, that's probably what it's it's going to take, right? Mm-hmm. We know that the, the, the Brooklyn Nets are holding out for King's ransom uh, for Mikkel Bridges because they don't really want to trade him. They want to build around him. They don't, quote, they have not indicated to anybody that they really want to rebuild, that they want to build around Mikkel Bridges and, you know, try to get more pieces around him so that he can become a secondary or tertiary option in the offense and they would have a, a strong, you know, top three per se. Uh, so yeah, their their asking prices is, is through the roof. It should be if that's a guy they want to build around. But at the same time, if you're Jalen Green, you can't suddenly have one of these. I forgot how to play basketball games. Now, I caught multiple parts of this game mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, and and I feel like I kept hearing, you know, how you know they were they just weren't they weren't getting out in transition. Uh, they were they were very slow and methodical in the offense, right? And Green obviously is best when they're getting out in transition or when they're playing a higher tempo. And the Rockets seem to not be able to get into that tempo. And look, the T the, the Wolves—they're the best team in the West. I mean, this isn't you know the T Wolves from four years ago that you were saying, oh yeah the T Wolves you know <laughs> the T Wolves like this team is really freaking good. They're thirty-five and fifteen, mm-hmm. and they're nineteen and five at home. They don't lose at home. Yeah. You look at like every all the Rockets starters, with the exception of Alpi. They all shot terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh anybody who played minutes, with the exception of Alpi, shot terrible. Like Fred Van Vliet had more blocks than he had assists. That shouldn't happen. Jalen Green shot three of 15. Like Come on, what is there? A, is there a force field around the rim? You're 3 of 15? Dude, go to the hole. <laughs> right. It was 3 of 10, like, inside the arc.
4: Yeah, 0 for 5 from 3.
0: So, to me, it's just, they just, they as got- a team, they went up against a team that's a really good defensive team. They got out of their rhythm. They got out of their offense. They got out of their flow. And really, nobody had a good game.
4: Mm-hmm. They got
0: smoked on the boards again. Yeah, I mean, Alpi had ten, and uh, Amen Thompson had seven in his twenty minutes, where he shot two of seven. Yeah, it was fifty-eight by the to way. forty-one. They yeah, they got moked. They 58 got moked to forty-one. Cat and and Gobert had twenty-three boards just between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they got they got beat up by the size of the T Wolves, but they also got hounded, and you know they just they didn't they didn't play well as a team. Did not play well. They have these games. The fact that Jalen Green had, you know, a handful of really good games in a row and then laid a total egg mm-hmm. like last night, that's kind of why I'm okay with dealing him. Is I don't know if that consistency is ever going to be there. I, I don't know. It's his third year. I feel like we should see more of it than we do. I think he's immensely talented. And I think he's very athletic. And I I think there is a very good possibility he could put it all together. And I don't want to sell him short. Like, if I'm going to trade him, I'm not trading him for, you know, Alex Caruso. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to get a legit star back.
4: If I'm trading him, go get me Donovan Mitchell. You're trading him for an established player already. Somebody that is reliable, consistent. You already know what you're getting. Somebody that
0: takes my team from fringe play-in team Mm -hmm. to legit top five team in the west like that's that's the jump I'm looking for I'm looking for a legit star legit I, scorer somebody who's elevating my team from barely getting in to getting in and dangerous
4: yeah you're talking about eventually like next year are you talking about this year because well, I don't
0: mean finishing in the top four this year but right. like if you get that player now when you get now you're talking about hey can I become the eighth seed and if I can become yeah. the eight seed or the seventh seed Okay. I'm really dangerous when I go to the postseason and then next year I get a little extra okay. added a little extra added uh boost when I when I get Steven Adams I can, to share the center with with uh with Alpi.
4: Yes, yeah. see I can ride with you there because there's other things that the Rockets need to upgrade, not just uh with Jalen uh, and getting a consistent score, a more efficient shooter, um, somebody that understands the floor a little bit better In a multi-dimensional game, not just, you know, look, he's really good when you're up tempo. Well, you know what really good teams do? They get you out of rhythm. They get you out of tempo, especially when you're as big and strong and tough in the paint as the Timberwolves are that you're going to have those kinds of nights. You've got to be able to find other ways to produce. What was interesting about this article by Jake Fisher on Yahoo Sports as well was that he pointed to the deal that the Rockets had made last what was it, last Friday now, when they traded for Steven Adams, I think it was right before our show. Uh Steven Adams, obviously, from Memphis, out for the rest of the year. They traded Victor Oladipo three second round picks to Memphis for Steven Adams, who's not going to play this year, but looks pretty good next year. He'll be playing on an expiring contract. Okay, cool. He pointed at that and was kind of making the note, imply the notion that you know what, maybe the Rockets are kind of gonna slow play this still, versus you know the week, the week or so that we've been talking about them, maybe ramping things up and going out and getting a dude that can help right now. The report in the Athletic, you know, cited numerous times, Ime Udoka's want to compete or the playoffs this year. He wants to get into the playoffs this year. And do you think in just a matter of days that Ime's kind of let off the gas pedal a little bit and has been more resound to the fact that, you know what, yeah, we'll continue to play this thing a little bit more measured than what we initially thought? I think
0: there's a couple of facets to this, right? So number one, yes, Ime wants to win. The Rockets as a franchise win. Timon Fichita wants to win. They do not want to hand the Oklahoma City Thunder... A lottery pick. Mm-hmm. They they want look, even if they get into the first round and they uh, they get into the play-in tournament and they get moped right? No. It doesn't matter. It's not a lot, they just want to not be a lottery team. I understand that. Part of that is gonna be you're gonna to have to drive your guys a little harder. Let's mm-hmm. just be real, you're gonna to have to change the rotation. You're probably gonna to need to see uh, you know, some more O'Man Thompson, some more Cam Whitmore. And look, Jalen's either gonna to have to put up or sit down. That's mm-hmm. just how it's gonna be. I don't think they want to potentially devalue Jalen. I think they look at him right. as he is the biggest trade chip as a non-draft pick that they have. And if he suddenly gets benched, he's gonna he's gonna lose value right Yeah, away. it's not a great look. I, I get that part, but it, it
4: doesn't sound great either after a loss. After you played some of the best basketball you had in your career, and you sound like that. And to me, that's taking shots. That's taking shots at the game plan. That's taking shots at how the offense is run. After a game, it's a tough one. It's on the road. It's game two of a four-game set on the road. Like, you knew it was going to be difficult. Like, I know Jalen's a guy that gets down on himself when he has a poor game. But I haven't
0: heard that. You know what? By Thursday, nobody remembers that. Nobody will remember that come Thursday. Here's This is this is really kind of the long and short of to me is where Fellstone is out there Having conversations. I don't know that he's getting anywhere. And he's probably had to have the conversation with Ime Odoka of, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to get a guy that can get us to the next level. And if we can't get that guy, then I'm not trading him. Mm-hmm. I'll wait until the offseason and we will discuss an extension or a trade at that point. Says, but right now, if I can't get a guy, that a legit star, somebody who's going to really elevate our team, to get us to where you want us to be, I'm not going to give up my best non-draft pick asset in order to get a regular dude or a guy who's, like, a little better. No, it's got to be somebody who's a major impact to yeah, the team. Yeah. And he's probably had to have this conversation with EMA and said, look, I can't get it. The team is as it is. So you better be prepared for that. Mm. And I think that's kind of where I, that's kind of where they are right now. There is not that major impact. Play. I mean, is. Is Kyle Kuzma the best potential player on the market? And, like, I don't feel like I'm giving up Jalen Green and a couple of ones to get Kyle Kuzma. No,
4: absolutely not. No. It's got to be the dude. It's got to be the dude. Um, and you might pay out the you-know-what for it, you know, with the added incentives in terms of the draft capital. But, um. Jalen Green's going to be the centerpiece of a deal, I think, if the Rockets don't devalue him, and I don't think they will, because you're not going to include uh Alpi in any one of these things. You're not going to include Cam Whitmore, I-, I wouldn't think. You're not going to include uh, you know, Tate Um in-, in this. Like I don't think
0: Tate's gonna get you. Tate doesn't have the value to get you back. I think they would or- move Jay Sean Tate. He doesn't have that kind of value. Well, yeah, but I mean,
4: as as a standalone, yeah, he's not. That's not happening. Jabari's not happening. I no, mean, Jabari's not getting traded. Jabari's not. Eason is not, is
0: not They love Tar 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 Eason. They love the the energy he brings off the bench. Those are your top four, right there. Jalen's also the guy that's due in line for the biggest contract, and he's the oh. first one in line for the contract. So before you make the decision of, hey, I'm going to pay Jalen Green a rookie extension because he's going to want the most money in a rookie extension he can get. Before I'm willing to do that, do I believe he's really that guy or am I trading him to somebody else who believes he's that guy so that I can get a legit, established, proven star? And if you can't get uh, Donovan Mitchell because right now the Cavs are winning and he's still a year away from free agency and maybe they want to see, hey, Let's get through this season. Then we'll talk to Donovan. We'll find out, does he want to be here? Does he not want to be here? Mm -hmm. Well, if Donovan Mitchell tells him in the offseason, I don't want to be here. Well, you want to keep Jalen Green because that's one of your pieces. That's one of your ammo to go get Donovan Mitchell. Right. I would love Donovan Mitchell. Same. Oh, my gosh. I would love Don from
4: Mitchell here. He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani. It's Chris Santiago, Area 45, right here on Sports Radio 610. 713-572-4610 if you'd like to weigh in. Uh, SB, when was the last time the local pro teams relevant at the same time, asked one texture. Well, we just talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, we can discuss a little further Uh, coming up but up next it is time for the bandwagon already are you going to be on are you going to be off pc is going to have it for
5: you next at sports radio 610 this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds
1: I'm on a board, I'm on Yeah, he's been off the wagon two years. Off the wagon? I think
2: it's off the wagon. I think it's on the wagon. You're back on the wagon. Right
3: off the wagon. What the hell do you know about wagon? I know enough not to get on I
2: Told you.
0: There's lots of room. All right,
3: it's time to get
0: on or get off. Here comes the bandwagon. You know, once upon a time, uh, I grew up uh, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog mm-hmm. on WFAN in New York. Uh, Mike Francesa and Chris Russo. Uh, eventually they would split up when, when Mad Dog would get his own Sirius XM channel and Mike had his own show on WFAN, and they both had great success and whatnot. Mike now is semi-retired and does a podcast and Mad Dog's got his own channel on Sirius XM, but also does a uh, stuff with, like MLB TV and and whatnot and does uh, stuff on ESPN and he was on ESPN with Stephen A. and me and uh, what is that, like first take? Yeah. And they were talking about Dan Orlovsky at the Pro Bowl. You know how they did the the quarterback drill, you know, the accuracy drill, hitting the targets. So Dan Orlovsky goes out there, shirt, tie, jeans, no warm ups, just goes out there, you know, former quarterback, wasn't a star in the NFL, but you Mm know, college career, played in the NFL. And he's just drilling the ones, drilling the twos, drilling the threes. It's a couple of fours. Like he had a pretty good showing for yeah. a guy who's like not a quarterback yeah, anymore. Here's what Chris Russo had to say about Dan Orlovsky's Pro Bowl performance.
4: Yeah, I, I want to say something. Yeah. Who cares? Indoors in a pair
1: of pants on, tossing a football around. Who cares? For crying out loud. He ran out of the end zone. Nobody cares. I wanna... That's like Steve making 15
4: free throws in an empty gym, and then he goes into a ball game and it's, you know, four for 10 at the line with the game on the line. Why? Because he hits the three going across there like a city. Which,
1: which is definitely Somebody possible. Yes, Steve? Which is definitely Nobody. possible. I which care. Is definitely possible. I was impressed. Which is definitely possible.
2: I was impressed. Come on, you're It'll impressed. Be and I could do Hurst?
4: this. This is not that difficult. No, you can. I can do this. Him with the ball, I throw. Yes, I could. I throw the football that far. This is ridiculous. This, right. He was a scrub in the NFL. This does not make up for Put that. Put Your money oh. where
2: your mouth is. I'll set it up, and we'll see you in the precision drill. All right, I'll make this happen. I got this. You watch me. <laughs> I mean, I'll y'all. It all-
0: wow. <laughs> you know hey, what, Adam, dude? I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I'm riding with Mina. All right, there's no way in hell Chris Russo could make those throws. No way in hell. But, you know, once upon a time, Chris Russo used to use numbers and facts and occasionally do the whole, um, you know, passionate fan type thing. But here, Mad Dog comes off like a hateful little bitch. Are you on or off the bandwagon? Oh, I'm on that one. On that one. That
4: was, like, unnecessary. (laughs) And you could tell, like, there was a little bit of vitriol, like, in his voice talking about it. Like, that was unnecessary. Like, everybody knows the career that Dan Orlovsky had. It it wasn't good. I mean, he had one of the most interesting careers for a a starter turned backup quarterback. The guy was, like, literally in and out of the league. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for multiple times. like in a seat. His career spanned like seven years in the NFL from 22 to 32. There was a handful of years where he wasn't even in, in, in the NFL. What, was he, what did he do? Go play like uh, Canadian football or something? So somewhere? Olavsky
0: was originally a fifth-round draft pick by the Detroit Lions. He was there for four years. Two years in Houston. Year in Indy. Two years in Tampa. Then... Three more years with the Lions, uh, was on the practice squad with the Rams in 2017, and that was his last time in the league. So, he's only been out of the league roughly seven years. Yeah.
4: But, you know, like, he's an NFL quarterback. NFL quarterbacks, like, are good at something, right? Um the really good ones, you know, can put it together. He wasn't a really good one. They struggle, you know, to get the game. And I think that's one of the most impressive things. Like now that he's doing what he's doing, he understands the game. He's just kind of like, he's a sports talk guy, right? We all, we can all talk about the games and talk about sports, but very few of us can actually go out there and, and play it. Even a smidgen kind of well, right? And that was maybe Dan Orlovsky. He was a tweener. You know, yeah, he was an NFL quarterback, but he wasn't a really good one. You know, he had a chance. Ran out of the back of the end zone. I get it. That's what everybody remembers. But you don't need to call the guy out. Like, that's like a past life. Even though it was seven years ago since he'd played, that's like his past life. Now he's a great NFL analyst.
2: I'm on it, man. Yeah, that that's he's a hater. Straight hating, man. He hates on everything. Like, come on, he's out there slinging the ball, looking good. I mean, he got what? He scored the most points out of everybody if you compare it. But come on, man, stop hating on Dan, man. Get off him.
0: Yep. Dan Orlovsky's 40 years old. Chris Russo's 64.
4: Could not throw it. Could Chris is it. throwing
0: the ball and hitting those fours like Orlovsky, like I'm walking around here at six foot five and bald. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, Chris was really entertaining and, and sharp and fun. Now he's just an angry caricature of what he used to be. It's, it's a shame. So you're on. It's a shame. We're all he on. He used to be great. And now he's just another hot take clown every time he gets the chance. That's a full bandwagon. Number two. This is going to be very hard. For our good friend Sean Pendergast, Lisa Ann arrested. I did cool.
3: nothing wrong. I didn't good. touch my phone. I wanted to, to go see, go to see go Matt Rife. He's a friend of mine. And I go
0: to jail. Lisa Ann, oh, man. that's rough. Was removed from a Matt Rife, Matt Rife show, uh, in New York City. Yeah, you're not familiar with Rife. I have no idea who he is. Great stand-up comedian. He, she was removed from the show. She was accused of having her phone out, which she says she did not have, but it did admit one of her friends may have looked at a text message. She was sitting second row. She has done shows with Matt Rife, though she hasn't met him in person. They, but she's done uh, numerous shows with him, was looking forward to meeting him. And eight ushers, eight, had to come and remove Lisa Ann. Oh, I bet they had to. Puffed her. They came running, <laughs> dragged her out of there. Come on, they wanted to have her with a psyche vow. Uh, when the EMTs got there, they're like, "Yeah, no, she's not a psych person. You guys are just totally overstepping." Uh, this is this is kind of. She's ridiculous. probably just really drunk. Sean Pendergast will participate in a GoFundMe for Lisa Ann. To sue the NYPD, are you on or off the bandwagon?
4: On. That's easy. Easy, easy. Fendi loves him some Lisa Ann. Uh, The fantasy football chick, man. She's been on with us and him for years and years and years. There's no doubt he'd be on that bandwagon. But by the way, come on. Eight guys had to restrain her and, and lead her out? No, they wanted to. They all wanted to get themselves a little cop of Lisa Ann.
2: Yeah, I'm on it, man. And actually... I'll donate to that GoFundMe, too. She said I had a nice voice, so there we go.
4: (laughs) She has a nice voice? Yeah, that's what she said. (laughs) That that was her inebriated, very drunken, and maybe slightly allegedly voice. Allegedly drunken voice. Allegedly,
0: Um, Maybe all those cops just had a nail and pail in fantasy. (laughs) I don't know. It it doesn't take that many cops. They didn't need to cuff her. They didn't need to march her down 6th Avenue. I mean... It was embarrassing how ridiculously over-the-top, like, they got with her. And and the fact they were like, oh, well, you know, you were so drunk and disordered, we're going to have you for a psych eval? Yeah, come on. Lawsuit. Sude asses, Lisa Ann. Another full bandwagon. This one, I think, is going to be a little bit of fun. I keep seeing all this hate towards Taylor Swift and the NFL, but I haven't seen anybody who's actually legit show any hate towards Taylor Swift and the NFL. Just, you know, fringe wackadoos. Roger Goodell, he is a fan of Tay Tay.
3: Having the Taylor Swift effect is also a positive. Listen, they're both Travis and Taylor are wonderful young people. They seem very happy. She knows great entertainment. And I think that's why she loves NFL football. But I think it's great to have um, have her a part of it. Uh, obviously, it, it creates a buzz. It creates uh, an, another group of young fans, particularly young women, that um, are interested in seeing why is she going to this game? Why is she interested in this game? Besides Travis, she is a football fan. And I think that's great for us.
1: What do you say to those who think it's all scripted by the NFL?
3: I don't think I'm that good a scripter um, or anybody on our staff. I, I, I think it's, you know, I, listen, there is no way that I could have scripted that one. Let's just put it that way. But she is, um, or anybody in our office, she's, she's a remarkable performer. She knows great entertainment. I had the opportunity to go to two of her concerts with our girls and my wife, um, she She's the best of the best. And and so having her come to NFL games, have her a part of that is nothing but a positive.
0: <laughs> Look at Goodell with the humble brag. He's gone to see Tay Tay twice. I was going
4: to, I can't picture Goodell at a Taylor Swift concert. I can't picture Roger Goodell at like many, like pop or rock concerts. I, I just I can't see that. But he
0: strikes you as more well of like an orchestra guy.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Symphony, orchestra. Yeah, 100%. Maybe a Michael
0: Bublé. My wife likes Michael Buble, but only the Christmas songs. (laughs) Well, I mean, thats I didn't know
4: he sung anything else, really. (laughs) He's he's talked
0: about like once a year during Christmas time. Tay-Tay is going to make it easier to watch the Super Bowl with your significant other. Are you on or off the bandwagon?
4: No, I'm off the bandwagon on that one. I mean, you know, my wife's not a diehard sports fan, Um I think she probably likes football a little bit more than baseball. Um, But, I mean, she's watching any game anyway. I mean, she'll sit down with me on a random Sunday watching two slap teams, you know, duke
2: it out. So she's definitely watching the Super Bowl with or without Taylor Swift. I'm off that one. I'm off. Uh, My girlfriend actually does not like Tay-Tay, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Why? She just doesn't like her. She's – every time I point – when she's on the screen, I'm like, "Hey, look, babe, it's it's Taylor." She's like, "Oh my God!" She rolls her eyes and turns the other way. Yeah, so yeah, I'm off.
0: Does she think Tay Tay is too skinny?
2: No, no, she she just just doesn't like her. She, she doesn't listen to her music, not a fan. So
0: this is not one of those that biatch needs a hamburger type situation.
2: No, no, not at all. But she does say that she's like, <laughs> she does her. say that. She, she says, "Get her off of the screen and stuff." So
0: <laughs> I am on this bandwagon. Really. When it comes to football, my wife straight up ZFG. Oh, yeah, she's more of a baseball fan. She's a baseball fan. Yeah. She, she doesn't understand football. She doesn't even want me to try to explain it to her. She just doesn't care. But she loves her some Taylor Swift. Yeah. In fact, even my daughter, who has no interest in football, uh-huh. will watch the Super Bowl now, not just for the commercials, but for Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's going to make life in my house a whole lot easier. Now when I ask my wife to make food or bring snacks or things like that, she'll be sitting next to me and not like upstairs or three rooms away. Because, you know, when you are one room from the fridge and she's six rooms from the fridge, it's really hard to justify, honey, can you go make this? Because I can't miss a single play. It's hard to justify that. When she's sitting right next to you, it's a lot easier. Hey, honey, can you go make this? Oh, okay, no problem. Now it's going to be easier for me, I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah, but
4: she might not want to leave the TV to go make stuff because she might miss Taylor. <laughs> you got to think about that one now. Don't <laughs> be throwing no monkey wrenches in my plans here, Charlie <laughs> Johnny. All right, here's the plan though. Uh, let me give you a little insight. Like, you need to send her to like go refresh drinks and maybe make some snacks. Like, when the 49ers have the ball, and there's no chance because you know they're more likely to show when Kansas City's got the ball. Anytime Travis catches a pass or Kansas City does something well, then they'll flash the Taylor.
0: Fortunately, my kitchen was laid out really smartly, and both the oven, the microwave, and the refrigerator, as well as the sink and the dishwasher,
4: all face the TV.
0: All are in a spot where the where the there's a bar, so there's a big cutout in the wall so you can see the TV. Absolutely, yeah.
4: There you go. There you go. See, look at that planning. Look at that design. Good job by you. Do you have the house built? Did you plan that? No. No.
0: But it was selling point. <laughs> it was a it. selling point. All right. Model, and I say model with the air quotes, model Selena Powell got a tattoo of Antonio Brown's face on her own face. What? Model getting a face tat. Of another person's face. Selena Powell? Selena Powell is more likely to have Antonio Brown throw a bag of D's at her than to propose. Are you on or off the bandwagon? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> you have
0: to ask me that one more time. I was in the process of looking up Selena Powell. Selena Powell is more likely to have Antonio Brown throw a bag of D's at her <laughs> than he is to propose. Are you on or off the bandwagon?
4: Uh, I'm on that one, man.
0: <laughs> I'm on that one. Get ready for the bag.
4: <laughs> Holy smokes. Why would she do that? I'm looking at this chick. There's no way. Have you seen the tat or you just read the story?
0: I saw the picture.
4: Oh, I, I need to find the picture. Is it? Does it take up her whole face?
0: It's like this whole side of her cheek.
4: Like a Mike Tyson thing? Like
0: No, what? it's not over the eye. It's her cheek, but it's her whole cheek. <sighs> She's pretty. Yeah, you're not getting. You're not hiding that bag.
2: Please. No, she better get ready for that bag. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm on it. There's no way. There's no way. And Brown's gonna sit there and get on one knee and be like, "Let's get married over that." Nah, no shot. He's
0: already <laughs> thrown a bag of D's at a better-looking woman. Yeah, there is a. There there'll be multiple bags of D's gonna get thrown around there. Sorry, honey, you made a poor life decision. Oh, that is the worst. No face tats ever.
4: It's always a horrible decision. Yeah, they're, they're, Unless you're is... Mike Tyson. You know, then it really kind of doesn't matter. Well, it kinda uh, helps your career.
0: Mike Tyson's already a badass. Now he just <laughs> he's like a badass with a badass face tattoo is going to murder you if you get this way. Also, don't look at his tiger. God, she was pretty. What a bad decision. <laughs> was
4: oh <laughs> my gosh. All right, that's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani. Final segment already coming up next. Uh, we'll see if we have some time to have some fun with audio, but I wanted to get to this. Breakout stars for the Astros this season and Jeremy Pena's new toy. We'll explain next.
1: Live from the Twin Peak studios, Sport Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton
4: final segment of the evening. I'm Bajani. He's Creighton. Chris Santiago producing. If you've been joining us on Twitch and YouTube, we appreciate you. If you hit us up on the text line, thank you again. 713-572-4610. You want to keep them rolling, you can call, text, uh, whatever you feel like. We appreciate all the interaction on Twitch and YouTube this evening as well. Make sure you uh, keep that logged in, man. You can watch all of the shows every single day on Sports Radio. Six ten, Especially now that they're out at Vegas, Radio Row, day one in the books. Got a whole rest of the week, man, bring you the best content uh, you can find anywhere. It's right here on Sports Radio 610. I tell you, there was something that I've been looking forward to probably for about a week, I feel like. Ari Alexander, who does some of the best work out of any sportscaster that we have in this city on TV. I love it. It's just different. It's good stuff. He has something I feel like every single month that I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to check that out. Well, he's been teasing people on Twitter probably for about a week, I feel like, about uh, getting an opportunity to work out with uh, Astro shortstop Jeremy Pena. And he'd put little clips out there, little pictures throughout the course of the week. And, man, I was looking forward to it. He put out about a five-and-a-half-minute piece last night that ran of him working out with Jeremy Pena. And uh, not a, of not a lot of it was the interview. it's just kind of showing the day-in and day-out process of what Jeremy Pena, you know, kind of does to look the way that he looks, to play the way that he plays. And obviously a lot of Astros, we all hope that he's playing a lot better this season than he did last year. Um but I think he'd take last year, at least a lot of teams would take last year, the production that he gave you at shortstop. Though disappointing at the end of the day, 150 games for Jeremy Pena last year. Hit 263. I'm actually surprised when I go back and look at that number because he was hovering around the 240s uh, for much of the year. Um, the home run numbers were not what people wanted at all. In fact, I'd forgotten. Uh, I knew he'd finished the season with 10 PC, but I'd forgotten that it was this bad. He didn't hit a home run. From July 6th on. (laughs) It's a drought. (laughs) It is a drought. But he'd actually, you know, while he was struggling, just hitting the baseball, striking out a ton of times, you know, he'd actually figured something out around the last month or so of the season. And it was something with his launch angle. He was making better contact. Just wasn't getting the pop uh, in the trajectory on the ball to, you know, send it over the fence. But... Ari Alexander caught up with him uh, over the course of the last week, putting this story together, and asked him about his new toy. Take a listen.
2: I mean, last year was a season of a lot of learning. You know, I learned a lot about myself, about my swing, about my – no, it's just my whole game overall. You know, in this offseason we made some adjustments, and I'm excited. It's kind of like having a new toy. You know, you have a new toy and you want to play with it. You know, simplifying things, uh, being quiet with the hands – and being more efficient. You know, this offseason I've focused a lot on being efficient with my body and with the swing and not really just relying on the athleticism. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited.
4: There's no body change. dude. still got guns, still swole, but he's tinkered with the swing. And he sounds really confident. And you're three days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. And inside of the next few weeks, Jeremy Peña is going to be out there swinging the bat around. PC, are you expecting Jeremy Peña to be the breakout star for the Astros this year?
0: Well, I'm still trying to get past I want to play with it and be silent with the hands. <laughs> <I'm> trying <laughs> to get I knew you're
4: going to have some fun with I that. Was,
0: those are important phrases that I kind of wish I didn't hear. Yeah. If if you really kind of pull the onion back a little bit with Peña from last year, the year before, right? Uh he hit 12 less homers.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He hit 12 more doubles. Exact, exact number. Mm-hmm. So, as he improves his launch angle, how many of those 32 doubles he hit last year wind up becoming home runs instead of being doubles? His his batting average was 10 points higher. His OPS was 10 points lower. His on-base was about 35 points higher because, well, he walked twice as much as he did his rookie year. But some of those home runs became doubles. Mm-hmm. Figuring out his swing at the plate. I mean, look, there's a lot of guys on the Ashes who tinker. I mean, Alex Bergman tinkers with his swing all season. Yeah, all home. the time, yeah. Uh, sometimes I wish he didn't tinker with it because it's like, I don't know what, what he does from, say, March to July. But whatever you do, stop doing that and do whatever you do like in July, August, and September, because that's when it all works, right? So but Pena's this is a really important year for Peña. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be the year where he either shows this, you know, what we've seen from him the last two years, you know, 250, 260 hitter, uh, with an OPS right around league average. That's who he is. Or can we see the guy that we saw September, October his rookie season? Or at least something close to that. Because that's going to determine what kind of money he's going sure. to make and how motivated the Ashes are going to be to either buy out his arbitration years and try to give him a deal sooner. Or, but yeah, you know what? You can go to arbitration. We're not, we're not worried about you. You're you're a league average stick who plays really good defense. There's, you know, we'll find five more guys just like you. So what he is going to be. As he goes into his age 26 season. This is a really important year for him. Could he be a breakout star? Yeah, but he's he's got a lot to show for it. Number one, more consistency at the plate. Number two, he did strike out on average a little less. He still strikes out a lot. Yeah. And he still loves to wave with that slider down and away. Yep. Plate discipline is going to be an important part of But he got better at that.
4: At the end, towards the end of the season, he laid off that pitch a lot more. Towards the end, he
0: also did the end of his rookie season. He started laying off that pitch. In fact, it's a pitch that he lays off of in that famous at bat against Seattle where he gets the hit uh, right before Jordan hits the bomb. Yeah. He lays off the slide that he never lays off. He laid off. It's can he do it consistently? Mm -hmm. That consistency is a big part of Jeremy Pena's season this year. Is he ready to take the next step? Or is this who he is? Yeah.
4: So breakout star. Go ahead. Gonna mean- say no.
0: No? I don't think he's gonna be a breakout star. I think he'll be better, but I don't I'm not seeing like a 30 homer, two eighty-five average. Like I'm not seeing Kyle Tucker numbers mm-hmm. for Jeremy Payne. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not seeing anything. Is there
4: that guy for you that you can see right now that that takes the next step? And the the logical candidate for me would be Jake Myers, you know, is and maybe breakout stars is strong, but getting back to that guy that we thought we had in the postseason a couple of years ago before he hurts his shoulder against the White Sox. Like that guy looked like an everyday major league baseball player.
0: And he, he was. And then he got hurt, and then he got in his head, and he's never found the bat again. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he ever does.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I would bet no. Same. I would tell you that of the guys that maybe could could see a breakout, I'd like to see Chaz McCormick with 550 at bats, and I want to see. Hey, you know what? Jazz gives you 20 homers with you know 350, 400. Well, you know what? He you five hundred everyday playing time. Mm-hmm. Can can Chas hit 28 homers and still 30 bases, getting everyday playing time? I think. I think. Yeah. I think he could. Can Yiner Diaz be a Yiner. 30 home run catcher with with you know not getting 300 at bats and maybe getting 550 at bats, getting time behind the plate, also getting some time at DH when when uh, when Yordan's in the field? I want to see Yiner get real ABs. I think Yiner could legit be a breakout guy. Like we could see Yiner 30 homers, 850 OPS, All Star. Yeah. Yiner's got an absolute cannon. He's got a lightning fast pop time. I think Yiner is the guy to watch for me.
4: Yeah, that's a great one. That is a great one. He's probably number one, maybe Penguin number two for me. I hey, that's it. We're in the books. What? <laughs> one day down, the rest of the week to go, baby. It <laughs> goes by <laughs> fast around here. Area 45. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show on Twitch, YouTube, calls, text. Thank you. Listening wherever you may be, the truth is always in here with Patrick Creighton. Chris Santiago. I'm Sean Bajani. Have a great night, everybody.
0: h
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.